0: What's happening? Will Freeman, RevolutionaryLifestyledesign.com, part three of how to plan your financial future, hardcore financial planning to get you out of the middle class and into freedom and fulfillment. With that said, as we said in part one and part two, this is not tax, financial or legal advice. This is just my own thoughts. So without further ado, let's get into step 11 which is leveling up your business. And if you haven't watched parts one and two, I suggest you watch them or this is not going to make sense. So now that you're set up um, in your own business and perhaps you've moved to the country that you wanted to move to, you give yourself two weeks to enjoy yourself, right? To enjoy the moment, but then it's time to get serious. And that means a blast phase on your business to get you to upper middle-class income. Um, In Southeast Asia, that's as little as $3,000 a month uh, to the point where you're making more than a doctor. But of course, you want to make more than that. But ideally, uh, you want to get to upper middle class income so that you can feel comfortable and then you can get more into cruising and putting the business on automation if possible. And to get to that point, you do want to use a little bit of fear, at least your first year, year and a half, maybe two years in business to use a bit of fear to get you to really blast through those obstacles. And the big fear is going back to a fucking job. And that has to be something that is just not going to be a reality for you. Step 11A, securing your business and your identity. So now that you have a business, it is your most valuable asset and you have to protect it in every way you can. I'm not a big fan of insurance overall. And I would say for... Most of the businesses that I'm recommending, insurance is probably not the right move, but depending on what business you do start, especially if it involves physical assets, then insurance might be a good move. But for the online stuff, definitely, definitely um, getting your business, your online business secured. I use Securi. Uh, They have a really strong login process. They can get rid of malware and they back up your site. I recommend backing up your site on um, I get from my hosting provider and from security and then saving all those backups in Google Drive. It's very important to have your site well backed up, to have strong passwords and to not get hacked. I got hacked last year, it was not fun. Um, I wouldn't want you to go through that for your business so it's better to get the security in there in advance. Also, you're gonna to wanna to have multiple processors uh, for your online business. Uh, PayPal, Stripe, Payoneer, eJunkie, and Amazon are just a few of the avenues that I have to get paid and to to process um, customer orders and things like that. So if one goes down or there's a problem with one, I can always switch over to another one. Um, right now, I'm using Gumroad for my eBooks, but if I had to in a pinch, I could use uh, eJunkie quite quickly. Back up all your important uh, videos, documents, everything that you need on Google Drive. Um, Google Drive is awesome. And set high security encryption on all your passwords and on your computer and on your phone. Um, If you have a phone like mine, you can use the fingerprint login, which is really convenient. The last thing you want is to have your computer stolen or you leave it at a cafe or something and then have someone get in and get all your passwords because you're logged in and you didn't have a lock on it. I don't care about losing my computer, I care about the fact that someone can have access to my passwords and the way that you protect all your passwords is uh, an app and a site called LastPass. Basically, you just have to remember one password and then you log in there and then you just use that to click or use the um, Chrome extension to just log into your other sites, but just keep it on like a five-minute logout automatically so that if anyone gets a hold of your stuff, they won't have access to all your passwords, and don't keep your bank account passwords on your LastPass. Um, I suggest that you memorize those, because that's an extra level of security. You can also use Lookout, which I use, um, in case you lose your phone. It can notify you where your phone is. It can lock your phone down. You can set it to start like beeping really loudly. So if someone stole your phone, you know, it's uncomfortable for them. Highly recommended. So. Next step, step 11B, your yearly revenue targets. Now that you are an owner, you have to start thinking like an owner. That means revenue targets. And you know when I recommend lifestyle goals, I recommend wealth, health, lifestyle and relationships in that order. And unless you have health problems, I think that your wealth goals should be your number one priority from the age of 18 to 35 at least, if not longer. Um, because that's just the way the world is set up and... You really do need to focus on money to be able to get financially free. And that means setting those yearly revenue targets and really sticking to them. Like you could lose your job if you didn't hit those targets, that's the mentality. Step 11C, reinvest in your business. Um, Your business should have a very high margin. If you are following the examples of the businesses that I gave you, whether it is a service e-commerce or sort of a branded um, hybrid business, you're gonna have very high margins. Okay, let's say you do, you put three thousand dollars into a drop drop shipping store, and now that drop shipping store is netting you three thousand dollars a month. That is a thousand percent return a year. It's a hundred percent return a month. It's insane. I mean, compare that to the eight percent at best you can get from investing uh, passively into an S and P ETF or index fund, and there's absolutely no comparison. So, what you want to do with your money, the best investment at this point is to reinvest into your very high margin business. And as you continue to reinvest into your business, you also get the benefit of compound interest every year. And compound interest is the best way to get rich. So high margin business plus reinvestment plus compound interest equals a big win. Um, great example of reinvesting in your business. Let's say you're doing service, a service-based business and is primarily outbound cold calls and emails. Well, you invest in some Facebook ads. Facebook ads are incredible these days. They are far better than Google ads. And that would be an excellent way for you to reinvest your income into your service-based business. Step 11D, automate and outsource your business. So as you scale up, you have the benefit of not only just reinvesting in your business, but automating your business and outsourcing all the fucking grunt work that one you don't want to do and two that is less profitable. You want to spend the maximum amount of your time on the stuff that is most profitable to you and have people doing the grunt work that is less profitable. Um, Not only that but it will free up your time to focus on stuff that you actually like doing more as opposed to stuff that you hate doing uh, which will increase the quality of your life and I recommend finding people to do work for you either on Upwork, which is the best site for freelancers, or Fiverr, I guess, um, if you don't have a lot of money, but I mean, you kind of get what you pay for over there. And I recommend using the Wunderlist task management app to manage your uh, people working for you. It is hands down the best when it comes to any type of task management. Step 11e, develop multiple sources of income. Now that your business is automated on cruise control, it is time to get new revenue streams. Um, until now, basically, you've had all your eggs in one basket, and one is too close to none. Of course, you've been monitoring that basket very carefully, and you know it's been going well, but the more revenue sources you have, the better. And the first t- place to look for more revenue sources is in your business. Uh, right now, I have four revenue sources um, for my business. I have Gumroad for my eBooks. I have Amazon for affiliate stuff. I have iHerb, which I use to do affiliate supplements. Uh, you have YouTube advertising. And I had a couple other um, affiliate stuff, affiliate commissions that I was getting. And it's a, it's a good way to diversify within your own business. I'll also probably be on Kindle soon and I'm working on a dropshipping business and I'm considering coaching depending on how much time it's gonna take, um, but that would add another avenue of, or, or revenue within the business. The ideal is to have um, secondary revenue streams amplified by your primary business. So my dropshipping business is not gonna be involved in my Primary business, but it would be ideal if it was. Uh, so a good example is Chris from Good Looking Loser, who has um, a kratom business called Happy hibble Herbals that he runs and sells to his guys on his forum, but and amplifies it. But it also is a standalone business where he can make a lot of money even if Good Looking Loser went down or there was you know a problem with it. He would still be able to make a lot of money through the Kratom business, which is a smart way to go about it. You want your secondary business to be amplified by your primary business, ideally, if it's possible, Um, but also in a position where it wouldn't be directly tied to that uh, primary business, that's the ideal. Step 12, protect your cash, okay? So, at this point in the game, and again, we're moving forward through the different stages of your life. Protecting your cash is going to become very important because you're going to have a lot of it. And the best way to do that is in by having different bank accounts in different countries, which will naturally be in different currencies. Bank accounts like in renminbi, in Hong Kong, in Euros, in American dollars, Canadian dollars, Thai bot, wherever you're living. Um, foreign currency in your home country is just not good enough. Ask all the guys who had money in Cyprus when the bank run happened and they froze everyone's bank accounts um don't think that the bank run can't happen in your country don't think that the economic collapse can't happen uh don't think the US economy the economy can't collapse and if it does it will be fucking biblical i would not want to have all my money in america Basically, multiple bank accounts is an automatic hedge, not just for uh, bank runs and um, you know assets being frozen by the bank, but also because let's say that you know there's not a bank run but you have all your money in US dollars the US dollar takes a fucking big hit. Well, now you've just taken a big hit when had you been diversified in multiple currencies and and commodities, you would have taken a hit, but chances are that money from the US dollar would go to somewhere else, go to some other currency or some other commodity, and you would make up for that hit um, in your other assets, which is called hedging, if you're not familiar. Basically multiple bank accounts is the all- automatic is the ultimate hedge, um, and it's also good to have uh, PayPal accounts. I have two. I have one in Thailand here, and I have one in a Canadian one. And uh, it's good to have two of those because I get logged out of my Canadian bank account all the time because I'm in, or my Canadian PayPal account rather, because um, I'm in Thailand. So I had to set up one for a Thai PayPal account. Um, it's also important to look into Bitcoins and cryptocurrencies. Although I think the hype on that is very oversold. I, I I think it's a cool idea, but I definitely would not trust that anywhere along the lines of a bank like Um, You know, the Canadian banks are 300 years old. They have huge customer service departments. They have a very long track record of stability. Um, And as much as and exciting as the Bitcoin stuff is and cryptocurrencies, I would not want the bulk of my money in there. I I would want a portion of it, uh, but it's still something that I'm investigating, but definitely something to look into. Lastly, As long as you are reporting what you owe to the government, which you should be, um, everything is totally legal. It is totally legal to have multiple bank accounts and commodities and things of that nature and even have bitcoins. As long as you're reporting the income that is coming in, what you do with it after that is is completely within uh, the legal boundaries. But as long as you are reporting it when it comes in, if you're trying to hide it, that's tax evasion. And that's if you get caught, that is fucking jail time. So. Again, that warning is out there. Step 13, okay, pay important bills in advance. Uh, This is not mandatory, but it's a cool little thing that I like to do. And if you have trouble saving your money, if money burns a hole in your pocket, this is an awesome way to save money um, by paying bills and supplies in advance. So it's also a great hedge against disaster. For example, your biggest bill would be rent. Let's say you pay your rents one to two years in advance. This is a big hedge against shit going wrong in your life. And it's also sort of a comforting thing. You're like, well, no matter what happens, I've got the next two years of living expenses paid. The same goes for your website hosting. If you are running an online business, your website hosting is very important. And you could be a situation where you're paying one to two years in advance, or even uh, certain companies have lifetime deals and you can save a fortune off of buying lifetime hosting. I think on mine, WPX hosting, they had a, an advertisement for something like a $1,000 or maybe 2000 for lifetime hosting. Um, and that can be a very good way to go about it. And you can actually save a lot of money in the process. You can negotiate a discount both on your rent and on your hosting if you pay far enough in advance. Step 14, execute flag theory. And this is going to be a big one. If you're not familiar with flag theory, it's also known as five flag theory or perpetual uh, traveler method or the sovereign man theory. And basically, it's a system of asset protection and freedom um, synthesized by Harry Schultz in the 60s, I believe. And if you want to check out an excellent article, check out the article on the flagtheory.com site that is linked to in my article on um, planning your financial future on RevolutionaryLifestyleDesign.com. And if you're going through this video series, I highly recommend you check out the article on my site because it has all the links and it has a lot of um, relevant information for you. So basically um, there's a couple different sites you can look at to get an idea. There's Flag3.com, there's Nomad Capitalist, there's International uh, Man. And these are guys who um, are specialists in flag theory, but I'm gonna give you a basic outline because this is gonna be a very important part of the more hardcore um, financial planning that you're gonna be getting into when you're making a lot of money. Now, if you don't have a lot of money net right now, that's okay, but it's, a, it's good to start doing your research now and it's good to be able to see the vision that you want for the future um, because that way you can, um, Sort of get that tunnel vision and plan your life and your businesses around how that's going to look. But uh, with that said, this is something that you're never going to want to rush into. It is advanced. It's complicated. You're going to want to do a lot of research. And when you actually do pull the trigger on any of these flags, you definitely want to consult with a professional uh, before you're making a big move. And you want to consult with a guy who's fucking good. And that means he's going to charge you like $1,000 an hour, not some fucking clown at H&R Block because they're going to you know, they wouldn't know their head from their asshole. This is serious shit. And uh, again, guys, this is something where you want to do it legally. You can do all this stuff legally. And if you have someone who's really good, they are not going to be putting you into stuff that's illegal. But you know, also, of course, do all of your own research as well. So without further ado, step 14A, flag one, get multiple passports main reason you want multiple passports is if shit goes down in your country, either politically or uh, personally or professionally. Uh, You just want options, and there's nothing wrong with having options. The second reason is living options. Uh, For example, if you have an Irish passport, that means you can live anywhere in the Eurozone. That is very fucking convenient. Uh You can do it without having a visa, or you can just go there um work on your own online business and live there for six months of the year because the weather 's really nice in Spain or the south of France for that particular time It is a big asset. The easiest passport to get is the genetic lottery passport if you have parents who are um, Israeli. Or Jewish, you can get Israeli passports. Uh, Italian, Hungarian, Irish, Polish, Australian, German. You have a shot at getting those passports relatively easily. The next is time spent in the country. Paraguay, Uruguay, Brazil, Ecuador, and Argentina are all options. And thirdly is cash. If you have a lot of money, you can buy a fucking passport in Dominica, St. Kitts. Uh, Navis and Malta um, might not be the same by the time you get around to doing it, but there are options to buying those passports in cash. Step 14B: Flag to get offshore residency. Okay, guys, residency is not the same as citizenship. The passport is harder to get, uh, but residency just means you can live there without fucking around with, uh, you know, visas every 90 days. And if you want to live somewhere long term, it makes a lot of sense to get residency as well as for tax purposes. And you want to be able to plant your residency, your Flag 2, in a low tax jurisdiction. Monaco, Singapore and Hong Kong are all um, good examples. Uh, A cheaper option is the Philippines, which has... Easy residency, especially if you have a Western passport and there is no tax on foreign sourced income. So if you're making money in the U.S., the Philippines will not tax you on that, at least as of the publication date of this video and audio, and that is known as tax residency, where you notify your government that you're becoming a tax resident of another country. Okay, you're still keeping your Canadian or Australian citizenship, but you're notifying the government that you're becoming a tax resident of another country. and. That is a relatively complicated uh, procedure, um, but if you do it and go live in the Philippines, or you don't have to, li- you, you wouldn't even have to live there all year round. But you could just establish residency there, then you can get a situation where you're not having to pay any taxes, assuming that your um, government does not tax you on worldwide income if you are a non-tax resident. <sighs> With that said, establishing foreign tax residency is not always easy it's not always possible and it definitely depends on your country uh the u.s for example everything is going to be fucking difficult for you guys um it is one of the benefits of one of the small benefits of me uh being a canadian um you can get an exemption as a as an american for the uh $95, that you make outside of america again that is uh complicated and something you want to talk to about your tax with your tax professional Um, but after that, no matter where you are, you are responsible for your worldwide income as an American. There is a lot more, um, on tax residency. It is a complicated subject and just getting residency in, in countries is a complicated subject. Um, again, I'm, Want to recommend those flag theory type of sites for you to really go in and do your research if this is something you're interested in as well as talking to professionals step 14c incorporate your business offshore out of country if um if possible for you this is the third flag and it's an offshore company in ideally a low tax jurisdiction hong kong singapore bvi belize and naviz are all um popular options uh, you can function as a sole proprietor until then, um, you know, depending on your business. Okay, again, that's not legal advice, but in the initial stages of your business, you can function as a sole proprietor, unincorporated, especially if it's a service business, but move to an incorporation model eventually. And this is 100% legal as long as you pay what you owe. Uh, the tax avoidance, which is what we're talking about is minimizing the amount of taxes that you legally owe by structuring your assets and your businesses in the ideal method for you. Tax evasion is hiding what you owe in other countries and not declaring it and it's 100% illegal and it will if you get caught that is fucking you can end up in jail for that, okay? So that is not what we're recommending. We're, rec- we're recommending tax avoidance which is legally minimizing your taxes. Now, if you're not familiar, you'll many major corporations and companies, if not all, structure their taxes like that, like incorporating offshore uh, companies like Google are incorporated in Ireland and the Netherlands because they save, I don't know, 15% on taxes. Um, Warren Buffett has all kinds of complicated tax structures and takes the bulk of his income and in, in dividends. Um, and interest and that gets him um, being taxed at capital gains rates. I mean, again, this is very complicated stuff, but if you're able to incorporate the business offshore, especially if you're making money outside of your home country or outside of the country that you're a resident in, it is very beneficial and if it is in low tax jurisdiction, it's very beneficial because one, number one, you can avoid taxes. And number two, uh, to protect your assets in the case of a divorce or a lawsuit. I've heard of a number of doctors in the U S incorporating offshore because the, the climate in the U S is so litigious that for a doctor to be able to practice, he has to be able to protect his assets in case of some phony, um, you know, amb- ambulance, chasing, uh, practice suit. So it is a very serious business and it's, it's, I think a very beneficial thing if, Um, it's possible for you, but again, consult with a professional, do your fucking research, and um, you know, don't tax evade. If you want to see what that looks like, just look at Wesley Snipes, uh, just did like three years in jail for tax evasion and fighting the IRS. You don't want to fight the tax man, especially if you're an American. That is a losing battle. Step 14D, securing your base. So Let's say you are living offshore now. Time to secure up your living arrangements. Um, If you are familiar with my series on why you shouldn't buy a house and why you shouldn't invest in real estate, this might sound a bit contradictory. And again, I recommend you reading those articles on my site as well as watching those videos. You'll know that I don't like buying real estate, but that is advice for the average guy who's living in the West where, you know, in Toronto, I just went back and like a small house An hour outside of the downtown core is like $750,000. It is insane for six months of winter and being in like a sketchy neighborhood. It is really terrible and I don't know how anyone can take on these million dollar mortgages but people seem to be doing it. But we are not talking about investing or buying houses on credit in the west. We are talking about you are living offshore in hopefully a cheap country. like Southeast Asia or something along those lines or Budapest or somewhere like that, and you're considering um, buying a property that's relatively cheap. So the the, the main reason for being securing your base uh, is price, um, oh sorry, the main reasons for, if you haven't watched that video series of why you shouldn't buy in the West, the main reasons not to buy are the absolute insane cost, the fact that you have to go into debt to do it, which is a mortgage, and I don't believe in anything as good debt, and losing access to that cash. So you're going into debt, and you're buying a million dollar mortgage, and you're putting like $150,000 down or $200,000 down. Now you don't have that cash to invest in businesses. That cash is just gonna be fucking sitting there forever. And there's many, many other downsides, but those are the three big ones. To find the other downsides, check out that, that video series and that article. With that said, for like hardcore advanced guys, expat game, it is a different game. And if you are financially secure, there are five reasons to secure your base in a foreign country. Number one is cost. Brand new condo in downtown Toronto or downtown Chiang Mai. I see probably the condo that I'm renting right now um, is probably about $40,000 a month or or would probably cost about $40,000 to buy in a country that has no winter and that sunny almost all the time. Plus a massively lower cost of, of living. Um, compare that to Toronto where this condo, if it was downtown Toronto, would be $400,000. I'd be like five to 10 times the price. I mean, it's insane. And also in terms of actual cost to you, $40,000 if you are financially comfortable, probably won't set you back very, very far. Uh, but you know, Four hundred thousand dollars i don 't care if you're doing quite well is a big fucking chunk of change and again we we're, we're not buying on debt we're not buying on credit, so that condo in downtown toronto you're buying fucking outright you're just that four hundred thousand dollars is in that condo and it's gone, and you can't reinvest it in any of your businesses or hedge it across asset classes so the cost is is you're looking at so much better um, in a developing country for a lot less money and again guys I'm telling you after having haven't been in Chiang Mai for about two years like if you go out to the countryside yeah then it's real fucking uh it's real country but downtown and like Neman I mean I I replaced every single thing for my western life here you know fiber internet um you know air conditioning uh laundry delivery you know modern and all the, every single modern amenity you know access to modern malls to get all the stuff you need uh, ordering from amazon everything you can transport over here i mean you will not have any dip in lifestyle and in, if anything the quality of your life will will go up because it's if you choose the right place to live number two reason for securing your base and again we're still on step 14d here Security. Uh, foreign countries, um, a lot of them, have a, l- a less tradition of human rights. And a house provides uh, extra security and stability, especially if you buy a house in a um, gated community with guards, or you know you have private security um, protecting your house, or you don't have um, guns in your house <laughs> to protect yourself. Um, you can take that how you will. And also the other reason for security is you know no matter what your living situation is is handled. And that is a big peace of mind when you're out in a foreign country on building businesses and things like that. Number three is uh, farmland. If you buy a house, you are able to get access to farmland, depending on which country you buy it. Land in, I feel like land in a developing country in Southeast Asia, which is gonna become very wealthy within the next 30 years and is already developing way faster than I would've thought before I came over here because all the Chinese money as China becomes the biggest country in the world is is gonna be flooding into this, continue to flood into Southeast Asia. I can't see how you lose money on farmland. I think it, it will be quite valuable but again, I'm not talking about it as a speculation, but it is a nice added bonus, bonus especially if you produce a valuable crop. Um, Indonesia, it's legal to produce kratom, uh, as I mentioned before. You know, Chris has the Happy Hippo Herbals kratom business. You could, you know, have a big farm over there and theoretically produce a high-profit crop like kratom and sell it to the U.S. Uh, You also could have your own food supply. This is something my friend Ryan is doing right now. He bought a house just off of a resort. It's a tiny little house, and he's big into yoga and organic farming. He's growing his own food. Bought the house for like $6,000. Now, that would probably be a smaller house than you would want to get in Thailand, but for $40,000, you could get a nice house out in the country, brand new. Um, And farmland would, would be a big asset for you. Especially if it hits the fan, you've at least got, you know, uh, your own food supply, which is, you know, quite convenient. Number four reasons to secure your base in um, a foreign country is residency. Certain countries offer residency with a uh, purchase of a home. I think Colombia, and don't, don't quote me on this, Colombia does, or it massively um, increases your chances of getting residency, which is a huge factor, it's a huge benefit. Um, residency is a big, big step forward for an expat. It really means you don't have to deal with all the feasible shit, which can be a pain in the ass. And if you're already planning on moving to that country and staying there for a long time, then buying a house that comes with residency is a big incentive. Number five, and this one is, especially dear, near and dear to my heart, is supplies. Okay, having buying a property allows you to get your supplies in advance. And my future house will be one part Costco, one part stash house. If you're familiar with my stuff, you know that I love to buy as many of my supplies as possible on a a quarterly or even on a yearly basis. You know, I'm going through iHerb all the time, getting all my supplements and like, you know, on a quarterly basis, I'm getting all my paper towels and all that stuff. Um, close on a quarterly basis. If you want to see exactly how I run my system super efficiently, check out my book, how to get organized over at revolutionary design.com or in the links below on this YouTube video where I have everything running on my wonder list that just tells me when to buy and recurring orders through iherb and, and Amazon. And it's a beautiful thing, but in the future, I want to get that even advanced more and get absolutely everything onto a yearly Um, buying schedule if not a multi-yearly schedule and just have one room in my fucking house that is a Costco or looks like a Walmart and and slash stash house okay that is a big part of my dream and to me that's a big um, incentive for securing your base in a foreign country lastly uh, just a couple things to consider before you look at securing a base you definitely want to look at the owning restriction, the ownership restrictions in your country. For example, I would not buy a house right now in Thailand. I'd consider a condo, um, but I'm not sure because of the political climate. But I would uh, not buy a house because basically you own the house, but you need a Thai person to own the land. So literally a Thai person will own the land up under your feet. And you could read a million horror stories about a guy who married a Thai girl. She owns the land and... She divorces the guy and she's like, yoink, this is mine, you know, get off my property. Not a situation that you want to be in. You want a country where you have a lot of uh, property rights as a foreigner. Um, So that is definitely something that you should consider before you secure your base. And again, guys, this is, um, we are moving probably a lot further ahead than where you're at now. Perhaps you might be there, but um, again, this is something that we are, Moving towards the more advanced section of the plan. So that is it for part three here. I hope that you found that useful. But we are not finished yet. Stay tuned for part four, which is going to be the final part of this hardcore balls to the walls financial plan. Which again is not tax, legal, or professional advice. Definitely want to do research, talk to professionals, and stay tuned and check out part four. Also check out the article that has all the links and. You know, keep going back to it for your reference. Check me out at iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, and on Twitter. I'm all over the internet. Thank you again for watching, listening to the audio, and I wish you all the best in your personal development journey.